Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me for the second time, Dave Schmullinson, a.k.a. The Schmo. Dave, super excited to have you back on the show. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Second time, let's do it. So first off, I received a ton of positive feedback from the last time you were on. If you didn't listen, check out episode 265, where Schmo and I give an inside look into the life of a sports content creator. People were really inspired by the hustle and the journey. And Schmo, what I want to talk about today is get an update on what's going on in your world because I know you're you're working on an amazing project. I want to hear about some lessons learned. So start with this. Tell us a little bit more about what's gone on in the last three months since we last spoke. Oh, man, Rob, it's been a whirlwind. I do have a lot of updates. Since uh, we last spoke, I've been doing a lot more consistent content. I've been able to get up at least a show a week. I started my Schmo and the Pro video podcast, which entails the audio component of the one-on-one interview, and I make that visual as well. And then we got the Schmo versus the Pro, where I package in an infield lesson of the Schmo learning from the Pro, getting physical with some NFL football players, you know, just learning new tricks, getting in the octagon with USC champion TJ Dillashaw, you know, just putting myself out there, trying new different things, experimenting and having fun throughout the process. In fact, I just got back from a trip, 48 hours in Chicago, my hometown, your home, or where you live now, doing some content with the Cubs, did an NHL versus NFL training piece, Jordan Howard of the Bears, and Chicago native and Toronto Maple Leafs defenseman Connor Carrick, showing him a leg workout, the Schmo versus the Pro. And then last night, I made a live TV appearance on CLTV Sports Feed with Josh Friedman and Jared Payton. So I'm keeping myself busy, getting a lot more gigs, learning a lot of stuff throughout the process, working with brands and sponsors, and staying patient and humble throughout the process. So Schmo, this is what everybody wants to know. How did that happen? Take us into the process of how someone goes from not having one of these campaigns to having one of these campaigns. Oh, it's perseverance, man. There's a lot of no's, but let me tell you, all it takes is one yes. I did a lot and lot of pitching, and I was able to showcase my strengths and have somebody take a chance on me, a company that is, that wants to get out there and do more marketing and more creative content. And I've kind of looked at the Schmo as its own production company where I go in there, I work with a brand or sponsor, I do some social media takeover, I elevate the product that they're doing and without forcing it down the consumer's mouths because I'm bringing an athlete, one of their athletes that are sponsored by that company and I'm creating a unique piece of content for them that they can live, that can live forever on their social media that I can use on my distribution platforms that other outlets, traditional outlets will pick up as well. And I had a lot of success with a recent campaign I did with uh, Muscle Farm and TJ Dillashaw on my own social platforms. It got over 100,000 views. And then I got it distributed across three traditional television outlets where I can't even measure the analytics, but you know, TV looks good. It speaks for itself. So I'm able to build a really credible case study throughout that. And now I'm able to take that and pitch to more brands and sponsors and piggyback off of that. But that recent piece I just did with TJ Dillashaw, the UFC, 
Muscle Farm has really put me in a good position to show this to other brands and sponsors and get more opportunities. And that's what's happening right now. So someone is starting at zero and says, I buy into what you're saying there on the pitching side. So help us understand more on the pitching process. You're building these case studies. You've obviously got the content. So if someone's starting at zero, do you believe the number one most important thing is just to keep creating nonstop? I think consistency is so important. I may have said that the first time. I'm really living it now. What I've been able to showcase as a library, when you keep creating content, you can start creating your own library and archiving your own content, showcasing it. When I create content with athletes, I get my athletes to share across their social media platforms. That carries so much volume in any pitch meeting I, I have because I'm showing, look, the athletes involved, the athletes engaged, they want to share it. They want to tweet. They want to hashtag at the schmo 312 and they want to be a part of it, and they feel really involved in the creative process. A lot of what I do is improv, on-the-fly stuff, and I try my best to make these athletes look good at all times, at all expense. It's all self-deprecation humor. So in the end, the athlete looks good. I ain't looking for any clickbait headlines. I'm just looking for the fun humanity side of things, and the athletes appreciate that. The publicists of these athletes appreciate that, and that's who I reach out to, and that's all how I'm able to accrue more opportunities. So to clarify that, so the next step in this pitching process, are you pitching to publicists, to agencies, to the athletes themselves help us understand that side of things anyone who's listening but i try to pitch it to the people with the pockets it's not hard for me to get an athlete i can get athletes on my show on a weekly basis but what i'm pitching is to, to monetize and make a living off of this so my pitch goes to the brands and the sponsors look i can get so-and-so athlete we'll create this content for you and this is what we'll do. This is the budget I need. So every mouth gets fed here. It's got to be worth the athlete's time from a content standpoint and time standpoint. It's got to be worth my time to create the content and to be able to monetize it. It's got to be worth the brand's time because they got to believe in what we're doing and know how to use this on social. And that leads into the most important lesson I've been learning throughout this process is patience. It's not expecting somebody in an executive decision to know the answers. Because as you know, Rob, this industry is changing on a weekly basis. In fact, Instagram is talking about making hour-long videos. Hour-long videos. I'm sitting here editing everything I can to make my content a minute or less. Now I'm finding out they're going to expand to an hour-long video. How do you expect anyone in an executive position to understand digital and social media? They hear those words, their head spins. So you have to be patient, but be humble and stay true to yourself, stay true to the process, continue to learn, continue to take risks and expand and good things will come. And how much of an education component is there then? So as you, the content creator who understands, all right, we got short form digital. We want these little micro moments and, and nuggets that people can digest. And then IG says maybe something for an hour. So, so where does the education component come into in the pitch? Because you just said it, they may not know that, but it's important that they know that for them to understand the value of what you can bring to the table. The more numbers I provide, the better it is. That's why what I mentioned earlier, this case study I did with Muscle Farm and TJ Dillashaw, it was the first time I literally tracked every single metric number. I'm talking impression, views, everything, the whole nine yards across all my social media platforms and distribution platforms, whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, Google, 
whatever I can get my chance, uh, whatever I can get my hands on and see a number associated with it, I counted that for. So I'm able to track every single little thing. So the biggest thing you can have on your side is knowing your numbers because numbers speak for themselves. If you have numbers on your side, you can take your creative pitch and make it however you want. And it's all about someone believing in you. But in order for someone to believe in you, you have to believe in yourself. If you do not believe in yourself, first and foremost, no matter how many no's somebody gives you, how do you expect one yes to occur from one decision maker? You have to believe in yourself no matter how dark the day gets. Uh, and that's one area where I specialize in, or maybe I'll say I emphasize in, because I learned very early on in my career the importance of mindset. And it's why I tattooed Believe on my left forearm as a constant reminder to always believe in my dreams and that I can do anything that I set my mind to. And you're right, because there's going to be times where you create awesome content and you're like, man, I know I can do this. And there's opportunities where you will do it. And then all of a sudden the opportunities can go away and you're like, man, why is this not moving forward? I, I know I belong here. I want this to happen. And one tip I can give is you've got to, right in the very beginning of your day, you've got to start priming your mind for success and belief in yourself and everything that you're doing. So I'm reading a book right now that's all about the consistency to help you build your dreams. So just like you said, the consistency of building content, well, you also need the consistency of the chatter in your head saying, why am I doing this? What am I working towards? And start building that over and over and over again. So on those days when nobody does get back to you in the morning, you've already read, listen, I'm great. Money's going to be flowing to me abundantly because I know that I'm wonderful at content creation. And these are our dreams because it's very easy to let the negative seep in and allow you to give up on the dream. But just deciding to go for your dreams is only the first step. After that, you have to be persistent and make it happen. And actually, my quote of the day today, I write down every day a new quote in my journal. It says, persistence is the measurement of your belief in yourself. I like that a lot. And like you just mentioned, man, it's all about preparation, it's belief, and then it's all about execution. I highly recommend everybody who's listening to Google Earl Nightingale, The Strangest Secret. It is some of the best content you can listen to from a motivational standpoint about going out and doing things. And look, this was said over radio in the 50s, nearly over half, half a century ago, Earl Nightingale, a salesman said this, and it still holds true to this day from the times from decades ago to 2018. I highly recommend everyone listen to that. And his big thing is this, success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. If you wake up every single day and you find your routine, for me, I wake up early, I work out, so I feel like I can get all my energy out, I take all my frustration out of my body and myself, and then I'm ready to tackle the day and I start early, I feel refreshed, and then I'm able to set down what my goals are for that day and get everything done. If you find your own niche, your, your niche, your routine, go out and do something. Write your goals down, and just execute them. I mean, look, a lot of people want to do something, but not everybody is willing to put in the time and do the work. If you're willing to make those sacrifices to follow your dream, 
only good things will come. And there will be dark days. There will be times where like, gosh, what am I doing? Why am I still doing this? Why am I keep banging my head against the same wall and getting the same results? But if you persevere and you really truly believe in yourself, that is the first step to success. Steve Harvey had a quote that said, the dream has to be bigger than the fear. Do not let the fear seep in. So Schmo, I want to have one last question for you. Tell me about the dynamic of your hustle when you've landed the hustle. So, all right, boom, you're working, you're pitching. Boom, you land something. You're like, all right, this is fantastic. I'm working now. But that doesn't mean that you're done pitching, correct? Oh, it never stops. It never stops. Every single day is a grind. It's not even day by day for me anymore. It's hour by hour. It's sometimes I have to only pitch what I know I can be able to monetize. I have to turn down some opportunities to interview some great legendary people because I know, A, I won't get enough eyeballs if I do it this way, or B, it's just not a schmo fit, or C, I won't make any money. I'll lose money doing this. So I'm actively every single day looking to who I can interview, where I can interview them, and which sponsor I can work with in order to create something special. And it's been a lot more selective. I've had a lot more opportunity. I've had a lot more success because I've been very strategic about how I've been going about it and partnering with the right people, working with the right athletes and getting the content I know is different and could help me get to my ultimate goals. So Schmo, we're definitely rooting for you here at the Sports Marketing Huddle and Bacon Sports. Where can people connect with you? I would say my most active platform right now is Instagram. All of my handles are at the Schmo 312. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Please reach out, DM me, comment, message me. I always respond. So reach out to me. Um, you know, Instagram is about to hit 2 billion users, and I like to focus on that. You see all these athletes using it. You get athletes announcing their retirements and updates on it. You know, I know the sports world's so big in Twitter, but the younger generation in the sports world is big on Instagram, and I like to be at least a step or two ahead, and I know that's the wave. So please reach out to me on Instagram. It's my favorite platform, at the Schmo 312, 312 Chicago area code. The Schmo's a Chicago guy. As always, I'd love to hear from you about this episode. Do you have thoughts, questions, or did this cause you to take action? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. And if you'd like to get some content creation and fan engagement tips to help you on your journey, go to robcressy.com and sign up for my newsletter. And included in that is a crap ton on personal development because I've had to build myself into a robot to get to where I am now. Would love to help you on your journey. Woo